my name is Yemi, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Philia. Hey, guys. And welcome to Treading, Treading Faith. Faith. Treading Faith is a weekly podcast dedicated to taking a deep dive into open, honest, fun, and sometimes difficult conversations surrounding everyday life, our relationships, and our faith walk with Christ. So, Philia, how are we getting a closer walk with Christ today? <laughs> well, Yemi, we are getting a closer walk. Uh, with Christ today by talking about the grind of revenge in our book of Proverbs. Now we are learning to unlock wisdom through the book of Proverbs. And in the book of Proverbs, it just accomplishes something no other book does by simply giving numerous short instructions for living an effective life on earth. It also concerns itself completely with instructing people in the path of wisdom. So today we will be covering the grind of revenge through Proverbs 24, verses 17 to 20, and Proverbs 25, verses 21 to 22. And it begins, Do not rejoice when your enemy falls, and do not let your heart be glad when he stumbles, or the Lord will see it and be displeased and turn his anger away from him. Do not fret because of evildoers or be envious of the wicked for there will be no future for the evil man. The lamp of the wicked will be put out. Proverbs 25, 21 to 22. If your enemy's hungry, give him food to eat. And if he's thirsty, give him water to drink, for you will keep burning coals on his head and the Lord will reward you. Amen. Amen. Well, this, first of all, here, God is basically saying that revenge is not something that man should do. Revenge is strictly in the power of God. You should rely on God's battles, God's fight, and know that he will always reward you if you do right by him. I think that in this, like even I, I remember reading uh, Apostle Paul in um, in Romans chapter 12, he said, it says, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, and I will repay, says the Lord. So in this, it's basically saying that you let go and you let God, whatever your battles are, whatever the things that you need to fight, when you put on that full and suit up with that arm of God, I always say the arm of God is really just Jesus. You wear Jesus, you are fighting all the battles, but that's showing that you leave the Prince of Peace for your peace and let God take care of your wrath. Amen. You know, I will confess that I can be petty Betty. <laughs> I, um, I mean, I don't actively seek out revenge mm -hmm. anymore um, because I've come a long way in my growth and my journey with mm -hmm. God, but I, I can still be very petty. Like if you do something to me, I, my pettiness makes me want to do it right back to you. So you know what it feels like, or you know why I'm mad. Right. And I can hold on, but I think the days of me trying to take revenge are over because I had learned some hard lessons, um, especially with my road rage that led to a car accident. <laughs> <laughs> so ever since then, I became, I mean, I tr I was work actively working on it, but sometimes I'm just triggered and, and I just do things that I shouldn't do. And I 
now I don't do that anymore. And that has helped me calm down in a lot of areas of my life because I was acutely aware of physical harm and danger to my safety and the safety of others. And that's the consequences of that would be catastrophic to me. Mm -hmm. And so because I couldn't carry that burden, I couldn't act in a way that could even remotely bring about such consequences. So that helped me a lot, but it it, it hasn't eliminated the pettiness, like the, the little <laughs> pettiness, but I'm working on it. I'm a work in progress. Um, what I think about revenge is that um, the author said it best, like revenge may make you even, but not to act makes you superior. And mm. I really, really believe that. I think that's the whole heaping hot coals on, on your neighbor's head who did you wrong, because when you are, when you show kindness to someone who has done, you've done something wrong to you, has offended you, has wronged you in some way, they're kind of shocked, yeah. right? It, it yeah. stuns them because they're like, I did this and you can still show me kindness. Mm-hmm. I think it disarms them. It and does. I think it's, it's such a good, <laughs> it's such a good tool because you're bringing, you took a negative and you, you made it a positive. Right. And I think that person may probably, it's unlikely to do that to you or maybe someone else in the future. Um, I I love the fact that you mentioned this, Yemi, because in reading this, um, when I had given, I guess, the prescription for what I think this Proverbs is talking about, you're right. It's it's a journey, right? It's not something that sometimes revenge comes from the fact that you are easily to anger, and also because you all, you sometimes you want the person to see how you feel so they don't do it again. To someone else. So it's almost like a way to protect yourself, but you're right. It takes a different level of um, social, emotional intelligence, a spiritual confidence to actually not necessarily turn the other cheek, but to elevate. So when that person goes low, you go high, you know, and not go lower <laughs> because the petty readiness in all of us wants to just go as low or lower. And it's it's interesting that you mentioned the car accident because for me, my car accident, uh, the one I had in, uh, I think it was like 2019 or 2020 also did that for me. And, but this one, the person hit me and it was because I was cursing out someone else who I felt had poor driver's etiquette. And I didn't like the fact that I was indicating and this person did not let me go in. And we were like driving side by side and I'm cursing this woman out and say, look at what you're driving, look at what I'm driving. And you have poor etiquette and go to this and go to blazes and go burn and all these other places. And then what happens? I exit and someone else hits me, not even her. And it's like, eh, so it's good for you. This is how I felt. And I couldn't believe it. And then the person had the audacity to do a hit and run. And then they literally left me at the scene of the crime. I'm thinking they're coming over to give me all of their driver's information and they just speed off. So I was left with this debt paying a thousand dollar deductible because I cursed someone else out who didn't hit me and someone else hit me basically for that person. That's how I feel. It was like God's way of saying, uh-uh, that's not what you do. I elevated you. I put you in this position to get, you know, to be where you are and you can drive this kind of car. And then you're now putting down someone else who maybe not, might not be as fortunate if, if, if that's the case, because this is what I was doing. It was like showing off and saying, this is what I have. And that's why you had this. And that was such a horrible thing to do. And here's someone who didn't even know what was going on actually end up hitting me. So I think it was from that time 
it helped my road rage, first of all, because I knew I was inappropriate. I was out of character. My children were in the car and I didn't care. I was being selfish because I wanted to prove a point. And there's no point to prove. The only point is God's point. And if he's not letting you do it, I don't care what happens. It's his will and his will only. And for me, this Proverbs and what Solomon is talking about, the grind of revenge and what revenge does, it's an evil seed sometimes. And to be better is for you to put yourself in the position to say, no, I'm going to let God fight my battles for me. Amen. Amen. I, I think that's exactly what we need to do. Instead of trying to take revenge, we should give the the opportunity to revenge to God. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're human, right? And we're made in the image of God. We want justice. We want justice for ourselves. We want justice for other people. Right. And so we feel better when there's revenge, right? Like even if it's not us, All right, right. we, right. we like to someone say else. good for you, right? <laughs> because you did something wrong. We, right. we find it like a balancing of scales. Correct. That's not our job, right? Nope. Like none of us are hired as judges, mm-hmm. right? Like we, we, we love to tell people, you're not my judge, jury, and executioner, right? right? Like right. you don't get to decide all these things for me. But we do it so frequently to other people and we do it in an instant. Wow. We are their judge, jury, and executioner. We, des- we decide, we say, say that they're guilty and we decide their punishment mm-hmm. all at the same time. But that's not our role in this life. Our role is to extend grace. So what we should learn to do and what we <laughs> can try to do is one, we can leave revenge or vengeance up to God, right? The Lord says, vengeance is mine. And so we acknowledge that and we accept that, that it is not our role. We can say, okay, God, you handle this person. We, I think, I think everybody can do that. Right. I think that's very easy to, to say, God, you take, you take revenge. You, you know, you're going to take this. You're going to deal with this person on my behalf. You don't like what they did. You don't like ugly. You don't like uh, injustice. It's easy to say that and feel comfortable, but the problem with that, at least from a very human perspective, is that God operates in forgiveness and mercy. (laughs) So while we leave the vengeance up to him, we don't really want him to extend mercy to the person. It is his right to do it. We cannot take that from him. So not only do we surrender our right to vengeance and revenge, we have to surrender to God's God's will and authority to give mercy, to extend mercy and grace to someone else. Right. And I know that's hard, but how I think of it for myself is that I want God's grace and mercy upon me. I want people to forgive me. So who am I to hold it against someone? If you know, if you're my family member, you probably know this about me. Unless you apologize to me, (laughs) I will hold on to it. Once you apologize, it's gone. You literally let it go. It's gone. But if you do not apologize for something, I will never forget it. And I will hold on to it. And that's not the right approach, right? Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's interesting. I like, (laughs) at least you're very transparent. If you don't apologize forever, (laughs) this thing will remain, right? So that's a start. It's a step. But I like this idea that you're mentioning about surrendering your rights, all right? Because that's all part of this whole idea of the forgiveness thing, right? It is not our job to hold on to it. It is God's, it is our job to pray, ask for forgiveness of ourselves for holding on to these things and say, God, do as your will, do as your plan and seek justice for me because it's not in our own will to seek justice. I mean, even in that Proverbs, those first two lines says, do not rejoice when your enemy falls and do not let your heart be glad 
when he stumbles because it is a poisonous seed that starts to manifest itself into something greater. It is poison to the soul when we hold on to resentment because resentment can turn into hatred and hatred, as you could know, has caused a calamity in, in, in our society. So I think it's also, it's important to rid your heart of all these things that are heavy because all of these things are burdensome and God's word does not come back void. I mean, he, he wants the goodness for us. He wants to make us whole. He wants to make us better. And the only way we can do that is to rid ourselves of these poisons, rid ourselves of the things that causes us to be distressed, rid ourselves of the things that make us unhappy, you know, or have evil thoughts towards people. And I think that's why the word is important because when you continue to um, read the word and you continue to nurture yourself, you can always go back to these scriptures that ensure these things that God is saying. I mean, if you believe truly that God's word does not come back void, then the word that's written should be the thing that that helps you to rid of these these uh, negative feelings in your in your heart. Oh yeah, I think wanting revenge kind of robs us of our peace. And even me who holds on until you, you ask for forgiveness until you, because it's not even just asking for forgiveness for me, to be honest, like mm-hmm. you can say, forgive me and do it again. It's more about you actually learning why that was wrong, mm-hmm. right? Like you don't even have to say, forgive me. You can just say that was wrong because of this. Once I realize that, you know, what, why I was wrong, I'm more inclined to believe that you won't do it again. But I think in my heart of hearts, I feel like people like to just trample all over people for their benefit. That's that's human nature. And I feel like I get trampled on a lot. So I hold on to it. And it's a poison. It's like drinking, you know, they say drink a poison, um, drinking poison slowly, expecting someone else to die. Mm-hmm. So like you said, it's a poisonous pill. It robs us of our peace, right. right? We're thinking about this person, right? Like sometimes we're even like, God, why haven't you um, gotten revenge on this person right. yet, just <laughs> yet? Like they're still prospering. What's yeah. going on, God? Right. Why haven't they met their destruction? Why haven't, <laughs> you, why, right. why haven't you paid right. them back tenfold? Because you know, I asked tenfold. Oh, correct. 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 And, and so it, 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 it destroys us it internally, does. right? It does. And it creates a bitterness. It's mm-hmm. a seed mm-hmm. uh, uh, that grows into a bitter tree. And then we have fruits of bitterness that drops everywhere. So in other interactions, people may experience our bitterness. And then, you know, when someone tells you a story, I experienced a lot of people tell you a story. They always go to the negative. Oh, but you know, that person should have done that. Okay. Or why, or why didn't you say something? Right. like, Grace. That's why. Like, right. because it's not that important. Right. Because I don't need an argument over something so little. But when you're harboring anger, resentment, revenge, that seed that mm-hmm. you said, Celia, that grows into a bitter tree infects everything. Everything around you. Yes. You go, you have a negative lens on life. Like everything you see is 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 clouded by bitterness because you think everybody's out here doing wrong. But give people grace. Like people make mistakes. People maybe maybe on on their bitter tree, and that's why uh, consequences of their bitterness falls, falls on you. onto you. Well, how do we stop this at the root? It's be, it's if we don't allow the seeds to germinate, Correct. and then we have seeds of forgiveness and love, and we have grow these trees and we spread it. Oh, maybe wow. we can counteract the people's bitterness. But we we have to make that choice 
that we will not live in revenge and bitterness. We have to make the choice that not only do we surrender our vengeance to God, but we surrender to his mercy. We accept his mercy. And once we accept his mercy, we say that, you know, God is your will. We say thy will be done. Mm Next thing we need to do is forgive. That's it. Yes. Not easy. No. <laughs> but possible. It is possible. possible. It is possible. What does forgiveness look like for you? Well, for me, forgiveness looks like forgiving first myself for being ignorant or naive sometimes, right? Or not knowing God enough to know that it's okay to let this go. Also, knowing that good, bad things happen to good people. But it's for the betterment of that person. So God, so we can learn from it. So it can't happen again. So that we can be a living testimony. And that's how I see it. Because you know what? The sun shines on bad people too, right? Mm -hmm. And because of that, when we're looking for bad things to happen to those that we want revenge on, that's why we get bitter because we feel like they have not reached their demise. But guess what? That demise is not always going to be on earth. It's, it's about after. So I think that in knowing that we have to not worry about what our time looks like, everything is in God's time. And that can be a long time and it can be a short time. We don't know what that is, but we got to rely and have faith that everything will happen on God's time. So if someone has wronged you and you um, can be accountable for only the things that you do. Now, if someone has wronged you and you did nothing in it, you best believe that revenge will happen on God's time. So for me, or mercy, or mercy, that's correct. Right. Because the thing is, you know, and, and there are so many stories that, you know, in reading in the Bible now, those who were looked and frowned upon how God also used mercy and grace for those same people who were now considered good, right? Even though at the beginning they were bad. You're right. And I'm so happy that you corrected me in not just revenge, but also mercy because God does all. And I think I'm learning. I'm learning about forgiveness. Now I have this thing where it's a little indifference. That's what it is. So I don't go wholeheartedly revenge, right? But it's like my light blow is about being indifferent to, to people when they've wronged me. So it's like, I can love you from afar. It's okay. You don't necessarily have to be in my immediate circle because when you are, you can impact me differently. But when you're afar and I will not be cruel to you and you know, if I can help, I help. And if I can't, I will not overextend myself because I've not been a person who can just cut people off that way. Right. So because of that, this is kind of my steps that I'm taking towards forgiveness and it's helping. It's helping tremendously and still continuing whenever I pray to ask God to continue to work, work on me, you know, for those who have hurt me, um, for it not to be a bitter seed that is now pollinating everything else around me. Because yes, I know that I have an infectious personality and a smile and, and, you know, people say, Oh, I'm so radiant, but there's still hurt that comes with that, but I'm not doing it to cover up the hurt. It's just that more of God is now inside of me that that hurt is starting to dissipate and no longer hurt in the same fashion. So forgiveness takes time, but it definitely takes awareness and it takes really knowing God's word and trusting God's word. That is really, really important for you to be able to go through your forgiveness without feeling the pain that comes with it. Oh yeah. I think acknowledging that we have issues with forgiveness and trying to move past it is probably the biggest thing that we need to all work on. Um, and I, and I like that you said, like you're, you're indifferent because that, that goes a long way, right? Like not taking that 
insult to be an injury, injurious to you and, and holding on to it and harboring on it. Because what happens when you focus on it, you're focused on the wrong thing. But when you're indifferent to it, you can move on to something else more quickly. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, forgiveness, it's probably, it's not forgetting. Because I think you don't want the same things to happen again, right? You say, right. fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame, <laughs> shame on, on me, me, right? And nobody mm-hmm. wants to say shame on me. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of saying, right, that whole, like, you can't be in my inner circle because I that trust is broken. But I will still, I won't hold this against you right. anymore, right? right. Like, right. I will not, you know, I'm not holding an accounting of your wrongdoing. I really pride myself on not holding an accounting of wrongdoings. I do remember things, but like I said, once I once I forgive, it's forgotten. Mm-hmm. And not because like I forgot what you did, but because I'm not holding it against you anymore. Right? Like I re- I realize that we're all humans and we all make mistakes. So when people say that I'm sorry and I really believe them, I believe they're gonna not going to do it again, or right. at least not, right. or at least they're going to try not to do it again. Right. So forgiveness means to me is just not bringing it up again, pretending mm-hmm. like it just. Like not pretending that it never happened, but just leaving it alone. Because when someone does something to you, there's consequences, whether the consequences is to them or consequences with to you. And you have to live with it. Right. Right. That it could be harmful, right? Like someone could like someone could steal my husband, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. and I'm like bitter and angry at this woman for the longest time. And and she comes and says, like, I'm really sorry what I did was wrong. Am I gonna still be mad? Right. Right. Like I'm living within this bitterness and I haven't moved on and I could have found maybe that, that man wasn't for me. He, he wasn't for me. Right. right. Because he left me <laughs> he for left. someone else. Correct. So now I haven't been able to move on to someone else because I'm still living in bitterness and anger. Right. And and I and I and I know that it does. It may not look great because I forgive this woman and I and I accept it. Arms length, man. You can't hold my new husband because I don't trust you. Right. But <laughs> I'm, when I see you, I'm not going to scowl. I'm not going to like, or I'm not going to call you names because, you know, we can call each other names. Um, you know, yeah, me, I do want to mention about this whole idea of revenge or even forgiveness because it's really important. Um, I struggled with forgiving my father. Um, just because of one, his indiscretions towards my mom and just in general protecting my family, myself, my sister, but also, um, in how he handled, you know, I always talk about my abuse, uh, from my godfather in my father, that being his best friend and him not really doing anything about it, or at least protecting me or showing that I was more important than his best friend. Maybe he suffered trauma and didn't know how to deal with it. Whatever the case might be, he's passed. So he's not been able to really apologize about it. So I had to do something about it because I said, Hey, he's, he's now gone. He can't apologize anymore. What am I supposed to do with all this pain? Right. And that's when I started to really understand what forgiveness means. It's like, no, I have to forgive myself. I was young. I was naive. I was innocent. That, that was not my role to take on, to protect my own family. It was my father's role. And he did the best with whatever he had. And I just pray for his own soul in a sense. Now for me, my son has is starting to exhibit certain qualities and he also looks like my father. So I found myself getting angry with my son for a lot of things. And it's like, wait a minute, is it because of what he's really doing? Or I have not really gotten over my dad. And I was like, I can't let him now pay because again, that's that whole fruit of the poison that starts to, I, I guess, spread, right? Because now it came from my dad. 
it's fallen on, you know, and I'm not, I rebuke it, but now I'm starting to use it against my son because he looks the most like him. And I said, so it's been a struggle for me. And I've been praying about it because I was like, he's not my father, you know, and, uh, you know, yeah, we share DNA and, but you can still alter, you know, with God's prayer and grace and mercy, you can alter anybody's DNA in the sense, right? Cause the true DNA is the image that we were made in God. So I think, this is making me feel stronger and just have more faith and have more really, really belief in, in really what God can do. Because I said that my dad cannot define my unhappiness because of his indiscretions. I'm now, I, I may, I'm, a, I'm another person. I may be of his seed, but I am God's child and he can make every, he can make all the wrongs rights. And I have to also now put that on my own children. So this idea of forgiveness really is transcending so much more for me, more than just reading it, but also believing it, acting it, living it, sleeping, eating, drinking it. I mean, this is my testimony, my living testimony every day having to deal with this. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's active. <laughs> it, it, it does take work because there, there is some, there is a lot of resentment that we build in this life. And because we, we expect, we have certain expectations. And I, you know, some people say, I, now I don't have an expectation. I'm mm -hmm. just like, well, I never want to leave my expectations. I have expectations. And I think it's good because it creates boundaries and it creates like a, a situation in which you know what to do, what not to do. And I think you can communicate your expectations. So when you're, when you're let down, you kind of get angry and we, we enter us contract with people. It's, it's nonverbal, but we enter in this world, like we expect people to treat us good and we, we treat them good, but it doesn't always happen. People break this contract all the time. People right. treat people bad. People do bad things. I even think about people who are falsely accused and who are sitting in prison for a long time and they come to forgive their accusers. They come to forgive those people who did things to them. And I'm just like, how, <laughs> how, and, and it's by God's grace and mercy. Right. It's that love that God shows us that who are we not to extend it to others? And it does take work. Right. right. And, and on top of, of, of forgiving someone and saying like, I'm not going to hold you accountable for what you did anymore. The next step is to show them kindness, yeah. which is probably even more difficult than forgiveness it is. because it's that whole, I forgive, but I don't forget. Mm. So how do you show kindness to someone who did you so wrong that you're still thinking about, right? Like, I, I, I don't want to hold this, hold this accountable, but I'm going to do something nice for you. What is it? What it says, give your enemy water and food. Like, mm -hmm. no, I would probably tell my, my, if my enemies came to me and be like, give me, I'm thirsty. I want water. I'd be like, choke on your spit and die. Right. <laughs> right. But reformed yummy. <laughs> right. <laughs> A new being in Christ. Right. <laughs> we give water. Because I've changed so much internally that I, as much as I may resent things that people did, I still see them as human and valuable. And I think that's what it is. You see the value in people despite their actions. I think that's taking it a step further. So getting rid of your your, your seed of revenge, mm. or at least like not nurturing it to grow into a tree requires you to take a lot of steps and it's never going to be easy. And it constantly takes work. As Philia says, forgiveness takes, takes work daily. Even myself, I have to forgive myself a lot. 
I and I want that same courtesy from other people. So I want to forgive myself for my wrongs. I want people to forgive me for my wrong. I especially want God to forgive <laughs> me for my wrong. So who am I to deny others of that? And I want to sh- show up in this world all the time, loving and kind, despite everything. Yes. Amen. Amen. This was a great episode. <laughs> I definitely am going to cut that tree of bitterness at the root, take an ax to it. Yes. I hope you guys do the same. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned for announcements and closing prayer. Thank you for tuning into our podcast today as we discuss the importance of surrendering our desire for revenge to the will of God through the lens of Proverbs. We hope you enjoyed the discussion, but before we wrap, we have a few announcements and then we would like to close in prayer. First, we would like to announce that we will be back next week with another podcast episode in this season of Unlocking Wisdom Through the Book of Proverbs. We will also be hosting our next Wisdom Wednesday live on YouTube tonight, October 18th at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern time on our YouTube channel, Treading Faith. Treading Faith is also our Instagram handle, so follow our IG page to keep current on what's happening with Treading Faith. Our podcast is available on Apple, Spotify, Google, our website, treadingfaith.captivate.fm, and where other podcasts are found. You can subscribe and share with your friends, family, colleagues, and neighbors alike. Lastly, Don't forget to add another note to your faith box or jar. The faith box, what I'm calling God's good gifts, is a box or jar where we keep weekly accomplishments, reminders, testimonies, or any other good news. At the end of the year, you will review the contents to remind yourself and to have insight in God's presence in your life year-round. It's okay if you're not consistent weekly, and it's not too late to start. Nothing is too big or too small to include. This is something personal just for you. Now, let's join together in prayer. We believe in the power of prayer and specifically praying the text of the Bible because according to Isaiah 55, 11, God's word will not come back void. And because we also believe that our prayers are strengthened in number, we ask that you come into agreement with us for this prayer. Lord, Father God, we give you glory and honor. We exalt your name on high. We thank you for your presence. According to Matthew 18, 20, when two or more are gathered in your name, you are present. Father, we welcome your presence today. We welcome your presence in our life continuously. You are a father who never leaves or forsakes us. And while we struggle in this time of uncertainty, in this time of turmoil, in this time of war, global war, we ask that you give us peace. We ask that we do not lean on our own understanding, but submit our ways to you, O oh Father God, so that you can direct our path, so that we may not struggle with anxiety, we may not be stagnant with fear, we may not be held captive by what's happening around the world with 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 the knowledge, without knowledge that you are present, that you are are 
our fortress, our strong tower, and that you, oh Father God, answers prayers, especially in this time of need when people are praying for peace and the end of violence. Oh Father God, we know that sometimes we struggle personally with our desires for revenge. Someone does something bad to us and we want to do something bad back to them. We, Father God, we live in a culture that that designates karma as a guiding principle. And although your word says vengeance is yours, we also know that you extend grace and mercy because you are a kind and loving God. But Father God, let us not be, be the ones who takes vengeance with our own hands. Romans 12, 19 says, Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it's written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Father God, we will surrender to you and allow you to repay as you see fit. Father God, we we see catastrophes around the world when people take vengeance. Oh, Father God, when people feel wronged and act out in ways uh, uh, of unimaginable violence. And when there's retaliation that's exponential, oh, Father God. Oh, Father God, we fear for the safety of the people of the world. Humans, oh, Father God, who are dying on a daily basis. Oh, Father God, we know it's not your design that that there is war, that there is destruction, that there, there, there are people who live in turmoil, who never see peace in their lifetime. But Father God, we live in a culture and a society where we, where we strive for violence and anger, where we use our words and our rhetoric in a way that, that promotes violence, that we use our words and our actions in a way that supports violence. But Father God, let us stamp this out and seek your peace. Father God, let us all surrender to you. If we come collectively as praying people and put this in your hands, oh Father God, and we advocate for peace and the end of violence in the face of such hostility. Oh, Father God, may it be rested, may it be stopped, may it be ended. First Thessalonians 5.15 says, See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Oh, Father God, we know that people repay evil for evil all the time. That is why the world descends into war. But Father God, let it be our guiding principle to repay evil with kindness because it is the way you have taught us. So Father God, when we seek personal revenge, let us show kindness instead and let us be an example to others that this is the Christian way so that they too may take our example and allow it to change their motivations, to change their actions so they don't repay evil with evil, but instead with kindness so that it passes on from one to the next. And we live in a better world and society where we learn to be kind to one another, to be loving to one another, to be supportive of one another, to know the value of human life. James 1, 19, 20 says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce righteousness in God. Oh, Father God, we want to be in alignment with you. We want to be righteous in your eyes. So Father God, if we struggle with anger, if we struggle with bitterness, if we struggle with unforgiveness, oh Father God, let the Holy Spirit begin to minister to us. Oh Father God, allow us to have a turning of the tide, a shifting of our mindset so that we may strive to be better human beings, better citizens, better kingdom oriented Christians. Matthew 5, 7 says, blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy. 
Proverbs 10, 12 says, hatred stirs up strife, but love conquers all offenses. Let us show love. Let us show love. Let us show compassion for human suffering. Let us show love in a way that transcends hate. Even to those who may profess hate, let us still show love. Let us show forgiveness. Because John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish and have everlasting life. This love that you have given us a good example of, Father God, let us ordain ourselves in that way. Let us cloak ourselves in the ministry of Jesus Christ so that we can follow his footsteps of love. Let it be redemptive love. Let it be the love that overcomes obstacles. Let it be the love that changes thoughts, ideas, mindsets, actions, the world. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to learn from your word. We thank you for the opportunity to come together. But Father God, we know that there's trouble in the world. And, and, and even though there's trouble for us singularly in our individual lives, the things we lay before you, our personal grievances, the things that we seek retribution for and justice, oh, Father God, do not forget us. Father God, while we, we while we know that we surrender these things to you, we surrender the world to you as well. We pray for peace in the world in a way, oh Father God, that gives the world a global sigh of relief to end violence, to end massacres, to end harm. Oh Father God, let us not be riddled down with these anxieties of the world. We know that it spreads. We know that anger, violence, those things that are rooted in bitterness, that they produce fruit that spreads seeds around the world. Let it not come into a global situation. Father God, protect us. Provide intercessors. Provide mediators. Provide diplomats. Provide whatever vehicles and envoys needed, oh Father God, to fix the situation. We leave it in your hands, oh Father God but we still profess the truth of your word to love and to be at peace, to extend grace and mercy. We thank you for this message. We thank you for your love. And we thank you for the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for tuning into our podcast today. We hope that you have a blessed week. We hope that you stay safe and protected. And we hope to see you tonight on the live. Bye.